1: Welcome to the Toffee TV podcast, Ped and Baz, we are joined by Cameron from the Mighty Blues and one of our favourite guests, D on a very rare day off, is joining us today. How are we, lads? Yep. Damn
0: yeah,
1: good, we're, we're good. Trying not to talk over each other, lads. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe direct it to each person. Yeah, yeah, I think I will. Um
0: only had four hours sleep so it's all I know
1: I, I've um, had very little sleep I must admit. Um, Me three. We won't talk about that though. Yeah. So obviously Newcastle another defeat a just <coughs> bit of a bit of a mess really wasn't it on Sunday and we've had to well we have to lick our wounds again for another week while we see that top spot just so close to you know and yet so far away
2: Baz. No, we'll, we win on Saturday, we're top So it's not that far away it's Just We've just got to win the game, haven't we? They're playing against the team a team that are A better away from home Ironically than they are at home But they're playing in Europe this week We're talking well. about Newcastle? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm just thinking about this Saturday well, No, 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 so that's we'll be going a different part to, of the show He literally said we can see the top spot <laughs> Going back to, uh, again, four hours sleep Yeah, last week was... Uh, It was pretty grim, wasn't it? I mean, the formation was shocking, I suppose. There was a a tactical reason to do it. It just didn't really work. And the frustration is that we've lost two games that probably going into them, we were looking at, at least, we would have been hoping to take at least four points, I think, from those two away games. And the fact we've lost both of them, in the manner in which we have, I think, it's the most disappointing thing, rather than just losing the two games, it's been the manner in which we've lost them. I think that's disappointed more.
1: Yeah, um, Camp obviously, Baz just mentioned the starting lineup on Sunday. Very, very strange, wasn't it? You know that that team when we know we've got loads of players out, but to see certain players come back into the side and play in that formation, it it, it felt like a big step backwards, didn't it? From what we've seen, you know, in the early part of the season
3: yeah definitely and and i think carlo sort of set himself up for a bit of criticism there um on sunday we'd have started with maybe a gordon or even an awobi or bernard even though those players haven't performed and they've been given the chance they were you could see them as, as wide players and if they've gone out and put in a bad performance then you'd sit back and go well he's played you know, the best that he's got, really, with obviously Hammers and Luca Dean and um, Richarlison out. But the midfield he played sort of set himself up straight away for people to go, well, well, what are you doing? You know, five centre midfielders, none of them with any real pace or attack and presence. You know, Sigurdsson and, and Gomez, again, passaging uh, a game of football. And you, know, like I said, you know, I think a lot of people sort of sat back and, and put the blame on Carlo after Sunday. And I think that was because of of the team that he started with and the substitutions he made as well throughout the game.
1: Yeah, it was very negative, wasn't it, Stay, You know, just the way we set up and even when we come out at our time, it just felt like paying far too much respect to that Newcastle
0: side. I was about to say that. We, we give Newcastle the respect of a Man City or a, or a Man United or a Liverpool where for the first time, probably since Angelotti's been here, it was the first time before we looked just a bit dis, disjointed in, in relation to the balance of the team. I thought it was kind of like, Obviously, when when in went forward, it was it was at left back. It was just a bit of it was just a bit confusing to watch, to be honest, as, as a fan as well. Because you're like you see in Decore at right wing back at one point, and then John Joe Kenny at right wing, and then it was just a bit of it was just a bit of a mess, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously we were trying to get the width not we buzz out of the full backs. It didn't quite work, did it? And then 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 everything becomes dead narrow. Then and. There's, I don't know, lack of pace in the, in that middle part as well. It just it, it just felt like it it wasn't it wasn't what we've been like I said before like what we've been watching and the drop off is the biggest problem, isn't yeah. it? Yeah,
2: yeah. We played the, it's he went for the tactical thing, didn't he? The Christmas tree formation, trying to get hold of the ball, trying to you know move <coughs> Newcastle around a little bit, and that's fine. We we've, we've said it this week, haven't we? He's made a decision to go with that. The real the two things for me in the game was a we didn't get Nkunku in into it enough, and b we just had the positions in the wrong way. Mm. We had the Corey as one of our almost one of our defensive midfield players. When I think Gomez should have played there, the Corey would have been better mm. breaking into the box past um, Dominic Calvert-Lewin. So it was all a little bit weird. We couldn't get Kenny in any zone where he could cause them any issue, but it was. The first half, fine. It was rubbish. Neither team done anything. But I think you said it the other day. Half time is where the real disappointment comes. I think you see the team at one o'clock and you go, you have a moan of it. You know, you look and go, what's what's that all about? But then you're thinking, well, at least we've got options on the bench. And we got to half time. And when they'd done literally nothing in mm-hmm. that first half, apart from they got through once because Gomez gave the ball away. He would have been thinking at our time, like go for the jugular now, you, you the game's flat. Let's be the proactive and he's been very proactive in his since he's been here, Carlo Ancelotti. Yeah. On Sunday it was a little bit whether he just doesn't trust the, the other lads mm. but it was almost a bit like we'll just keep we'll keep going and see what happens in this game. And he, he more or less said that, didn't he, after the game, that it was whoever made the first mistake, kind of thing. So I'd like to see him go for it at half-time.
0: Sorry, I think he showed his lack of trust, to be honest with you, towards Awobi, Gordon and Bernard by playing basically five central midfielders in in a, a, you know, like, it was meant to be a four, I suppose, but um, I think going forward, I think, I don't know if that was maybe a statement towards Awobi, Bernard and Gordon to book their ideas up, maybe, but... I just felt like for the. I just felt for the first time, like as 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 Everton manager, he obviously received a lot of criticism for his selections at the weekend, and he hasn't really had to deal with that yet. So it'll be interesting, I suppose, how he how he reacts as a manager himself to at such a poor performance as well. So. Mm.
1: Yeah, there has been criticism of him um... and. You know, Camp, do you do you think it's the same problems as he as he faced at the end of last season when when we haven't got those players? Is that he doesn't really know what to do with some of these players because the quality is just so far, such a, such a drop off from what we've um, yeah. what's not in the team.
3: Yeah, you're spot on. The the drop-off's absolutely massive and and I think I tweeted it um, on Sunday. If you take four or five of of the best players out of any team in the Premier League and there's going to be a massive drop-off, even the the teams with good squads, there's still going to be a significant drop-off and, you know, again, we put out a side on Sunday that sort of did look like a team that we'd have put out last season and I suppose if you were to take any positive from it, it's that that performance has been an isolated performance this season, as well as the Southampton one. And that's because we missed, you know, um, Luca Dean, Richarlison, James Rodriguez. And when those players are in there, we know how well we can play. Um, There is always that question as whether we have the squad to go on and and continue to fight and continue to push, whether it be for Europe or, you know, I know people were talking about the league a few weeks ago as well, but it's clear that, you know, that drop-off is is massive. Um, And, you know, ultimately... Again, I think, like I said, I don't think Carlo done himself any favors. I really don't understand the Anthony Gordon situation because you know it's not like Bernard and Awobi have done amazing with the opportunities that they've been given. They both had forty-five against Southampton, didn't do anything, didn't do anything significant at the at the weekend either. You know, you've got Cenk Tosin coming on who hasn't played for Everton for about seventeen years. He's still getting ahead of Anthony Gordon, and it, it was just a little bit confusing. And I, I agree with Steve. I think I do think there's a lack of trust there. Um, but you look at it and you sort of think, well, what, what does he have to do to even get a chance? It's not like he's you know he's coming on in, in one week and, and um, Bernard's being given a chance the other week and neither of them are performing. It just seems like he'd rather use everybody else over, somebody like an Anthony Gordon, for example. And don't get me wrong, we haven't seen an awful lot from Anthony Gordon to say he can definitely go on and change a game, but it's that opportunity that he's given to everybody else that he doesn't seem to be given there. Um, and I just think... Again, these type of performances and, and team selections may be something that we've got to deal with while we've got key players out because, you know, ultimately we, we missed every single bit of creativity. And I know Dominic Calvert Loom was in there, but he feeds off that creativity. He doesn't really create an awful lot for himself. So we literally missed everything going forward.
1: Yeah, the Andy Gordon situation, and I know it's, it's see, I've seen this so many times though, being an Evertonian, that it it sometimes it's hard to know which which way to fall because it all depends on the player. And I I, I personally feel with with them that it, Carlo Ancelotti was giving him a chance off the back of obviously Marco Silva bringing him into the squad. If he's doing it, he'll play him. So I, I I'm not as quick and I've you know I've said this before on other shows, I'm not as quick to jump in with it. he must play. Because I've seen this loads of times through the years where it's like whoever isn't playing is, is gotta be better than what is playing. But I do take the point that while Bernard is coming on and doing very little, and and they're not, he's not changing a game, and a Woby to a, a certain extent. Although I would say that when a Woby comes off the bench, he does tend to change games up a little bit. Um, so I can understand yeah. why he's coming off the bench, maybe not starting games. But that Anthony Golden situation—I'm not saying it's a tough one for the manager, but I think <coughs> it's—we've got to be very careful as a fan base. I think Baz that we don't use that as an excuse to go after the manager because there will be people who will do that because we, we all know what it's like being a fan yeah. and we all know what it's like being a fan of Everton
2: yeah let's be honest he's, he's not going to go through his Everton career Carlo Ancelotti without being criticised yeah. it's not going to happen but even the, I remember speaking to my mates over Klopp mm. before they bought Van Dyke and there was people questioning him going he's not going to do anything here you know, what, what's he done? Next minute, he buys Van Dijk and the keeper and all of a sudden, they're amazing. Yeah, yeah. And he was he was a couple of years into his Liverpool reign, almost three, whereas and they were, weren't convinced by him. Remember when they lost to Burnley and there was a radio thing? Get him out, get him and do it. Yeah. So managers who were good managers will always be criticised. Ancelotti, especially by frustrated fans, <laughs> will be criticised. He deserved criticism on Sunday. But he come out and said, I had a game plan. With the players I've got available now, I like I've just said when I seen a team at one, I was like, "Where's our creativity?" But we got to our time nil nil. It was that moment then, mm-hmm. and I slightly disagree yeah. with Kant in the Awobi thing because when Awobi come on, we actually was the only time he got we, he cut through, and he was the only one who did make a difference. But I yeah. also have said this week that Gordon is the most like is the the sim, most similar to Richarlison yeah. into what he does. He's not. At Richarlison's level, so that's why I'd be looking to get him on the pitch, whether it's either starting or whether it's mm. as a sub for half an hour. But, um, it, it, it's just the frustration the Tosin thing is he's gonna give he's an experienced striker, mm. so he's gonna put it personally. I'd rather Ella Sims come on just because he's yes. something we haven't seen. But Jen Tosin's an international striker, and when you're behind in a game and they see him finishing in training, they probably think, Well, why not use him?
0: Go ahead, Steve. No, I was going to say that, obviously, with um, with the team Sunday and obviously the squad in general, I think it just, it just proved to all, a lot of us who maybe who thought we were nearly there, is that we're still a long way off being nearly there, um, even to be a top four, top four squad, I suppose, in my opinion. Um, I think it just proves that the players who are still coming in aren't up to the standard of what we expect. Um and until I suppose Carlo gets his two to three, maybe more win. Mm. Newcastle or West Sunday. Like Liverpool have to go through like Baz said there, but your Burnley's at home or your your Wafford's and stuff like where they got beat but by Wofford three four 0 or something like that. Mm. Unfortunately as a fan base are gonna we might have to we might have a few of these games where the players who aren't good enough come, who come in let us down like they have done the past two to three years so i think i just i
2: think what you were saying as well with one or two is fine isn't it yeah we can cope yeah. probably with two of those players yeah. coming into your team if you've got your creativity the problem everton had at the weekend was And Cam didn't even mention, Cam's mentioned the three, but Seamus Coleman is such an important part for us going forward. We had the four players who create things, not in the team. So it's not difficult to look and go, we were never going to create anything because the four chief creators weren't on the pitch. And, you know, where the problem. See, where I slightly disagree, Steve, is for the top four, is if you don't have injuries... You can cope with it Everton could get yeah. in the top four But the, the, the reality is We're going to have injuries And we're going to have yeah. suspensions But I think where Everton are behind Say a Leicester Or a or not, not necessarily Wolves But certainly a Leicester Or maybe a United is In that final third The players we bring in Don't score or create So yeah. that's the issue uh, Do you know what I mean? I think
1: our biggest problem is When you look at the squad I mean no, I've I seen people saying On Sunday night we, even that team or even this squad should be good enough to beat Newcastle And I think that's utter nonsense I don't think it's a good squad, I think it's a bloated squad And it's got a lot of players that we've been watching for the last same few same. years Who are simply not good enough And people just have this thing of like, oh we're better than they are Because we've got a few more household names or whatever Or names that we feel are more recognisable but going back to what you just said there, I think talking about Wol- like a team like Wolves and Leicester is, the big difference between Wolves and Leicester with Everton is, and this is because it's, we're very early on in this, is that Leicester swap players, but don't change how they, get, how they play the game. Maybe yeah. they do when they have Vardy, yeah. but because he's such a unique player. That's our problem Is on Sunday. We've took players off the team, replaced them and had to change the shape. Mm. And I think that going forward with this squad is got to be the next big thing. It's got to be... There's got to be a replacement for Hamas Rodriguez, there's got to be a like-for-like like with Seamus Coleman, there's got to be a like-for-like like with Richarlison yeah. or Dominic Carver-Lewin or or whoever, the players have got to be like-for-like, like. that's the problem, behind the scenes we are still a mismatched squad like we have been for the last three or four years because all, we've, yeah. all what's been happening is the manager has to work with the players that from the previous manager and the previous manager and the previous manager. And we've just got to get into this thing now. And it will take patience. But, you know, we've all, we've all, we've all know what, you know, we've had plenty of time to to adjust. Done it this far. Um, I mean. Yeah. Is that we need a manager in for three years, four years. You ask, so you can go, that's his player, that's his player, that's his player. And even if, like, obviously plays like Dominic Cavallo he didn't buy, they're still his player. He wants them. But there's yeah. going to, I reckon there's five or six at least in our squad where Carlo Ancelotti would just swap them right now if he yeah. could. Right now, if he if he could, he had a, if he could, you know, there's no way half a you know, half a dozen would be staying if he could just get rid of them right now. And I think until that moment comes that like the whole squad's his where he's like, That's my responsibility, I bought that player or or you know what I mean, I, I asked for that player. And and that's where we are but because it's been like five years of this it just feels like Groundhog Day all the it's
0: time.
2: The way there's continuity, isn't it? And we haven't mm-hmm. had any, have we? Yeah, and yeah. you're right, it's that. And I think. You know, go on, Steve.
0: No, I was going to say, I think as well, I saw, I saw a, um, it's like a photo online yesterday of. Um, the hate to bring them up again, but Cops' team that he faced against Tottenham on his first ever game. There's only one player who survived that squad, and that's James Milner. They've got one player. Yeah. Who survived that, that basically so it just shows you know how long's you've been there, four or five years.
2: Yeah. It just shows five, how big
0: a job, I suppose, Angelotti's got at Everton still. Mm. So. And yet
1: almost a year in, he's probably got half of half a team that is capable, three, yeah. of, or or at least nine first teamers that he'd mm. probably go, I'm quite happy with them. It's everything else. Exactly. I mean, it's an extraordinary situational you know, to be missing. Five of your first team players, you know what I mean? You know, you and you've, yeah. you know, we're talking about Coleman, we're talking about Hamas Rodriguez, we're talking about <laughs> Luca Dean, and, and we're talking about um Richarlison. But we're, we're not, you know, we've got Mason Holgate who hasn't featured all season. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, he's. It's weird because we've sort of forgotten, not forgotten as such, but he's our best defender.
3: Yeah,
1: he's our yeah. he's our most up. You know, our best all-round defender in terms of what he brings. Michael Keane's come and leaps and bounds this season, but Mason Holgate's got that little thing that, you know, we've all seen come through in the last year. You know, when he comes back, he'll make a major difference, so... Yeah, that's
0: good.
1: Uh, Sunday was just... It was annoying, and it was... Like the manager said, like you were into that before, after the game, he's like, I put a team out, and that team should have got a result. In, even in the tactics... And they've switched off for the penalty and for the goal. And so he's put it back on their toes and said, you don't do that if you're a good team. You have
2: concentration. You have the discipline to get through those moments. If Yerimina doesn't get drawn into Ryan Fraser and we're 1-0 with 10 minutes (laughs) left, whatever it was, then you've still got an opportunity to get a point, haven't you? We did score. We had other opportunities.
1: Cam, go on. I can see
2: you chomping at the bit
3: there. No, I was just gonna. I was just gonna say again. You know, you, I've seen a lot of people as well say you you can't. You know, you can't blame Carlo Ancelotti, but you are sort of looking at it and think, well, who else? What other clear options did he have? It's all right talking about the youth and saying bring this player in and bring that player in, but it's not like we've got a player on the bench who every time he comes in scores and assists and you know who you know has got. The- it's still a risk. Yes. Yes. You know, it's it's a risk that we haven't seen yet ahead of others that we have seen that haven't worked. But, you know, it is difficult for Carlo Ancelotti. And ultimately, you know, again, I think if you'd have said to any Evertonian, uh, I always talk about this, you know, the day after... Pierre-Emil Hoiberg turned around and said, I don't want to go to Everton, I want to go to Tottenham. If you'd have turned around to any Evertonian and said, you know, seven, eight games in, you'd have won four, you'll be three points away from being top of the league. You'll have brought in, you know, James Rodriguez, Decore, Alan, Seamus Coleman will be back to playing, you know, quality every week. Richarlison will be on fire. Dominic Calvert-Loon will be, you know, joint highest goal scorer in the league or there or thereabouts. I think we'd have all said, well, hang on, that's still a bit of a stretch. So we -hmm. have come a long, long way. We're not there yet because we're not going to be there. We still do need two or three transfer windows, and we need a window where we're getting rid of players as well. Those players that aren't good enough who are just there picking up a ways, like Ped said, those household names really that you know don't really do much. Um, so you know, again, I think maybe we let our expectations get a bit too high, and this has, you know, this like these last couple of games have been a well, you know, this is where you are when you have got your five key players out, but you know, like you said. How many How many teams are going to have their five main players out at once in, in yeah. any one? It's, it's so, so unlucky. It's so, so unfortunate. Um, and, you know, it, it, hopefully it won't happen to us again and it probably won't happen to any other team. And you mentioned Mason Olgate there. You know, we haven't seen Mason Olgate play a Premier League game for Everton this season. I think he featured in the first friendly for however long and then went off injured so we've still got Mason Olgate to come back who was our best defender towards the back end of last season so once you start to get these players back and you start to shore things up and we play the same as we played against Brighton and, and you know West Brom where we're scoring goals freely and okay we still could do with cutting out the silly goals we're conceding but in those games we'd concede and think right, we're just going to go back up the other end and score again um, and it's, it is easy to sort of think oh, we'll, we'll look at the last couple of games we were poor the last couple of games but you know, you rip a whole squad to bits and replace them with players that we know aren't really effective or aren't really good enough to do the job, then that's going to happen, isn't it? It's not like, you know, I know we all sort of felt okay, these players like a Sigurdsson and a Gomez, maybe uh, because they've been around, the, you know, the likes of Hammers and Decore, they might have stepped it up a little bit uh, and they have when they've come on, to be fair to Sigurdsson, when he's come off the bench in the last 15 minutes of a game, he's done okay um, but, you know it, massively surprising, is is it when you actually think about it? No, it's
1: uh, we've been watching these same players for the last uh, couple of years. Haven't we? And they've done they they, they lawyer in, don't they? They, yeah. they give you these little performances, and you suddenly feel like it, that it's all good again. And then you watch them, and you and then you you your you're angry at yourself that you fell for it. Um, yeah,
0: let's that's, let's that's just the thing that does your head in. You're angry, you get angry, don't you? Because you're just thinking. Oh, I thought these players
1: had turned the corner and you watched me like, nah, there's still crap. <laughs> yeah, there's still crap. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about one of those players for a little bit. And um, Andre Gomez, who is an absolute enigma. You know, it's it's just about a year since he got the injury against Spurs. And let's be honest, I think when he got the injury no one no one thought he'd be back now because it was it looked yeah. so bad. Um but that was a year ago and <laughs> Listen, he's a player who started the season okay Seemed, you know, had the manager's trust mm. fitted into that that three looked like he was I'd say the pressure was off him to be the creative player mm. and could just go into midfield and be an all-round number eight but obviously he picked up an injury and never played um, in the Brighton game wasn't he mm. come back for the Merseyside side derby where he was a bit of a passenger and Ever since he's just it's 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 always it's really hard to put your finger on, isn't it, with Andre Gomez, what's actually going on. Because we go back to the game on Saturday, or Sunday, sorry, he's an absolute passenger in the game. Give the penalty away, you know he got a little problem with his knee, but this is a player who come to Everton and obviously coming injured, burst onto the scene though, and looked like he was an all round Premier League, you know. Real, had everything to be a real good Premier League player and now you, I'm really struggling to see where he fits in and he just looks like, like we were talking about then one of those players now, like a Sigurdsson or, or whoever where, I don't know, he, he's re- so frustrating
2: Yeah, we, the player we saw when he made his debut against Palace and, mm. and then for the rest of, most of that season just isn't there at the moment so it doesn't look like we can get away from a player his passing range doesn't seem to be there. Everything seems to be safe at the moment. And we need him to step up. We need him to get back to what he was. Because when he's in the team and on form, he's a really good player. And if you put him in that midfield with Alana and with DeCore, when he's at his best, they all complement each other. Decore is your box-to-box. Box. Alan will screen and win stuff for you. And Gomez can keep recycling the ball and be playing them passes. We saw little cameos towards the end of last season. Remember Villa, when he just took over for the last 20 minutes and set the goal up and all of a sudden he was going by yeah, players. Yeah. Sheffield United, the way he played very well at when we won 1-0. But other than that, in those games, it wasn't great and you were kind of going, well, he's only just come back. The season's come, he's had the issue of being sent back from Portugal because they said he wasn't in the right shape. And then it just doesn't seem to have happened and I don't know whether it's a confidence thing crisis of confidence I don't know whether he's fit enough but that's on him isn't it so just at the minute you're looking at him and all of a sudden instead of being a midfielder in a three who could be really key in this team you're now looking thinking he's not a bad sub <laughs> and that isn't what we want no, no. we want some. We want all of our players if, if possible to be banging on the door so when you're doing the starting 11 you're like it could be Gomez, or it could be whoever, but at the moment, you're looking and going, um, who's the least crap?
3: Yeah. Aren't you? You pick Cam, can you put your finger on what's going on with Donzie Gomez? No, I think there's a number of things. I do think fitness is an issue. Obviously, we've, I heard over the last 24 hours or so that he did pick up a knock, or supposedly picked up a knock against Newcastle, and he'll be he tested ahead of the game against Manchester United. Obviously, he had that massive injury. Um, a year I think it's to the day and you know I don't want to say he was rushed back but he, he come back pretty quickly like you said wouldn't have been um, you know wouldn't have been surprised if he still wasn't fit to this day playing to this day I just I think I completely agree with Baz. I think when he's in that midfield with Alan and Dick, they they all complement each other. He's a good footballer with the ball at his feet. He's a decent player. He's also strong. He holds it up well. Um, And when players are coming at him, he's he's good with his his body. But as soon as you ask him to do a little bit of running or get from one end of the pitch to the other or chase a man down, there was a couple of um, situations on Sunday. I don't know if you've seen it, but Newcastle playing it along the back and from the goalkeeper. And they were playing, you know, poor passes they either overshot a couple or one didn't quite make it to the defender and I was looking at that thinking not so much with Gomez but thinking you know if somebody like a Richarlison was on the pitch he'd make them pay for that he'd nick the ball he'd get in behind he'd create a chance whereas when it was going through Gomez or even Sigurdsson, they just weren't quick enough to get to it and Newcastle were able to pick it up and just completely calm the situation. And I think, when you, like I said, when you're in that midfield and you've got Alan and Decore to sort of do that little bit of running around and Gomez does just have to stand there and hold the ball up well and pass it off and move, you know, little movements here and there. He does well, but when he's got to be that focal point of getting about the pitch and picking it up and, and, and moving, chasing everybody it just doesn't seem up to it for me and i don't know whether that's just because of the type of player he is or whether it's a fitness issue but you do have to question the fitness given the situation with portugal coming back you know them saying you need to play a game and then it's a weird one that because i sort of read it, it as always picked up an injury on international duty but then it's well no he's not injured he's just not fit which is like well that's a bit strange because he's in our premier league squad he's playing near enough every week so he should be fit to be playing football games so why is he deemed not fit by Portugal but then he's deemed fit by Everton um, and then obviously like I said you know we, the, the rumour is that he picked up a little bit of a knock against Newcastle but again he, he was just poor wasn't he and maybe it is a confidence mm-hmm. thing maybe he does need to just pick himself up again but I really don't know because it's not like again you've got somebody else that comes in and, and does the job you know, as, as well as Andre Gomez, or better than Andre Gomez, because even Sigurdsson's quite similar. He's not very fast. He doesn't get to the ball quicker than anybody else. He doesn't really chase back and and you know defend. Um, so it's it's a difficult situation, um, and I I really can't put my finger on it to be honest. Steve,
0: don't want to sound too harsh about the whole fitness, but he's a Premier League professional footballer. Mm. He should be fit. There's no, there's no a really bad injury. I get that, but it's a year ago, isn't it? I think a year ago today, yeah. mm. um, he come back on February, I think it was February, March, yep. something like that. Mm. Um to me, there's no excuse for him not to be fit now. Is it a, is it a, a desire thing with him? For me, I look at him sometimes, and when I see him with the ball, and he just doesn't seem like he wants it. He just doesn't see. He seems scared. He seems like he's worried about when he's running, running with the ball. And um, I don't know. if It's a mental thing when he's running with the ball, whether he thinks it's going to happen again to him. I don't know. But he just—he he looks. Not again. Not not to be horrible, but he looks a very very average footballer right now. And um. um and, how long can we keep defending? Oh, he's having injury. He's having injury. He's an injury. It was it was over a year ago. Now we've got to start saying. I suppose the manager will be saying. Like I look at the manager since I think. I don't think the manager trusts him. You hear him. You hear Angelotti on the touchline. Andre, 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 all the time, because he's obviously not doing what Angelotti is asking him to do. And I just think it could be a desire issue. Is it? Is it? It. Just, a mental issue? I don't know. It's just—he's not the same player as he was, and he's a long, long way off being the same player he was. To be honest with you,
1: he just seems to trudge round the pitch, doesn't he? That's the way. He just trudges round the like. He gets <laughs> he gets his head down and just jogs, jogs around. And like, there's one, yeah. There's one on Sunday when Newcastle broke from our corner, and watching him try and chase their player, and I know their player's faster, but just lean him, just lean into him. Push him off balance. Oh, if not, take he just he just didn't seem to have anything. And I, th- I think the problem is he started the season and he was he was part of the three, and we all thought, yes, he's the he's the one, and he's going to be on it. But now you you, you don't want those doubts about plays. You want you want as many plays where you go right, like you said before. He's starting. He's starting. He's starting. Yeah. There's a consistency. Mm-hmm. And his consistency levels are just all over the place. And I. When I think about that, I think of someone like Tom Davis and think about how that's what he's like. Yeah. But he's a young lad who, you know, struggles for runs of games in the side and so you can understand that at times. But that's where Gomez is now. When you get to like 27, 28 years of age, you should shouldn't be there. You should be hitting oh. a level every week and having the odd bad game. But, I I, I don't know, like Steve said there, it's hard to put your finger on and I, I really worry that you know, listen, it can go both ways. Seamus Coleman took ages to come back from his injury. Absolutely ages. Um and really needed a bit of a bad season or a or a, a dodgy season. Cause let's be honest, Seamus Coleman last season, for a large part of it, Siddyby was in the side. It was We're only on Siddyby yeah. having bad games that put Coleman back in the side. Yeah. So I don't know whether we have to be a little bit more forgiven, but it's difficult to be forgiven when
2: there's no actual replacement for him. it's another one of those players. What I'd say, the two things I'd say, one thing about Sunday was he was playing in a position he should never have really been playing Mm in. He's not sharp enough to play there. And Cam said before, and he was right, Newcastle played two balls on the other side, and Sigurdsson had been quicker. He'd have been in on goal. Mm -hmm. One, he miscontrolled, and the other one, he was just a fraction too slow. But the other thing as well with Gomez is... Think you said it yesterday, we were we were laughing over Adamant song. And it's you do look you know, you don't score, you don't assist, what do you do? Yeah. And if if you look at him now, as much as I like him as a footballer, for Everton to go higher and to actually maybe get in the top four or to win something, we've got to have midfield players who contribute. Yori Tielemans who plays for Leicester is a good footballer two the other night yeah. you know I know one was a penalty but I think he's got three or four already from midfield mm. now who's going to do that for us the core he might do but you still but then Leicester I'm just using Leicester yeah, because yeah. they're like similar I think to us they've got like Madison who will come up with goals they've got uh Harvey Barnes who will come up with a goal we've got three mm. midfielders alright I, I still think the core he can get four or five but Allen's not really going to score and no. it's not his job but Gomez has got one goal for Everton coming into his third season so I think he's really I think he's on thin ice now because I think Carlo Ancelotti would look around and go we need more in that role. If you're playing the top of your game and you're keying, you're helping us get up the pitch and we're scoring lot. You can, you can forget that because he's, a, he's an integral part of it. But I think when you're one of a midfield trio you've got to bring if you're not at your top level there's got to be something else you're good at. Like when we had Kale. You knew that he'd battle and fight and everything, but even if he wasn't playing well, yeah. he could get you the goal and often he did, he'd come up with a big goal. They have like Liverpool have like the likes of Wijnaldum, who is in and out, but he always scores goals yeah, and yeah. Man City will bring people in who will come in and get a goal from nowhere. And the top clubs kinda of do it, and that's that's where Everton needs to go to next. And it, Gomez for me is the most vulnerable one.
3: I think you're spot on there, Baz. Sorry. Go on, Cam. Sorry, just on that, I was gonna say I think you're spot on a lot of players there that and can play football, but there's no output from them. There's nothing that you look at at the end of a game and go, you've changed that there, or you've done something yeah. that's taken us to you know, to get the three points. And we've brought yeah. in players that do do that, in in the likes of James Rodriguez. Obviously, Richarlison's yeah. there. The Corey and Allen, it's not really their job to go and do it, but they do their job well. And I think that's mm. part of taking those players out and having four or five come in who, who are not awful on the ball but don't really have an output in any way, shape or form, don't create goals, yeah. don't score goals, aren't particularly yeah. fantastic defending the other end of the pitch, that's when you start to have the real issues and, and I fear that Andre Gomez sort of falls into that. What, Like like you said, what do you do? Where's your output?
2: Just before you go on to yours, do you think we've just bought too many of that type yeah. of player who are, who are decent footballers but when you actually I- dig down what did the action bring? You know what it is? Bring? It's
1: like that. It's the it's the anti money ball thing. Mm. He is like a player who looks great. Someone who looks great in a kit, someone who looks fantastic, got a brilliant personality, wants to hug all the fans when there's no illnesses about. Um, you know, wants to do stuff for Everton community, wants to be part of the club. But if you didn't know him, if you someone just provided you a textbook and you went, that's Andre Gomez's stats, you go. What, what are you showing me because there's nothing yeah, but there. I think we've got three or four of them and that's what I'm them, saying so he's we? like he's like that anti anti money ball thing mm-hmm. where money, you know you'll, football now is about buying plays with substance you yeah. know that you that yeah. you you look at and go there's hard facts to back up why you've paid that money yeah. and he's a player to me that was at Barcelona he's a good looking fella we brought him in for a year on loan everyone liked him and he done well and well. he done well no he did mm. he did do well but he only, in his first season, he only scored one goal and I think had one assist. Mm. And that's not always the be-all and end-all. You, you know, there's the, there's the pre-assist or whatever it's called and all that kind of thing. Second assist, yeah. That like I used to be amazing at. But you have to come to a point where you have to start looking at that at your club and saying, if you want to improve this team, you have to make those tough decisions. And one of those tough decisions might be that Andre Gomez becomes... A sub, and then at some point you move them on. You know, I mean, why wolves are not banging on the door for him? He's Portuguese. Portuguese, yeah,
2: yeah. But I think we've got too many of them. That's yeah. the problem. I think that's the key. We've bought players yeah. who, who are just now, like Hamza said, you look at them and you just go, "They're good footballer." And you, and that's why one of them coming in the team doesn't affect it as much. But I yeah. think for Everton to move forward, people who are coming in. Mightn't be as good as what you are yeah. But I can come in and score two goals And it it covers what yeah. you're We're missing because yeah. you're not playing That kind of thing Definitely
1: Cam, obviously Manchester United On Saturday Early afternoon kickoff. They've got a game in the Champions League away to Turkey I know they wanted this game moving um, Because they're worried about the travel and everything But obviously They've not had a great start in the Premier League as such. They've done all right away from home. Obviously, they beat Newcastle and they beat Brighton. And they've done all right in the Champions League. But do you think this is a real opportunity to get out Manchester United on Saturday?
2: Yeah, it's, it's a game like Ham said, we can definitely cause them issues. There's no problem that they're not brilliant at the back uh, by any stretch of the imagination. I don't even think they're great in midfield. I don't think they found, I just don't think he's found the perfect blend for them at the moment. So it is a good time to play them. Where they are really good is the final third. Got Rashford, who I love. They've got Greenwood, who's fantastic. They've got, you know, it can be Martial, who's brilliant, or Cavani, who's a handful uhl as well you know they've got an embarrassment to riches in the final third you've just got to cut that supply off to them but for everton cams are absolutely right when we get opportunities at the weekend we've got to take them and I think again I know you probably say it most weeks but the first goal is key if Everton can get ahead in this one and really start getting you know working James Rodriguez into the game Seamus Coleman they're saying the hope that yeah. he's gonna be fit as well if we get them four back, it's a huge boost, mm. a huge boost to that team. OK, if we had the Charleston, I'd be feeling a lot happier. But if you've got hammers creating for Dom, it means you're only having to find one person to go into that front three. Because I think it will be a front three again this week. Um, mm. I, I, I think we can cause what, them issues. What we? about
1: Anthony Gordon then? Because obviously we spoke about that a little bit earlier and we've talked about um, other people not taking their opportunities. Is this the one then? You know, you're back at Goodison Park. Lads had the disappointment of not coming on last week. OK, we don't know how he's responded. And that's maybe what the manager will be looking at in training. How he's responded this week. Has he took that? Has he trained well all week? Cam, do you think this could be the opportunity for Gordon to come in and show people what he's all about?
3: I think it could be a real positive because, you know, he has been knocking on Carlo Ancelotti's door. He has been asking for the opportunity. He's been saying he wants to get in. So if Carlo Ancelotti turns around and goes, well, you're starting this game against Manchester United, go out there and show me what you can do. Anthony Gordon isn't going to be walking around or half fast jogging or not really tracking people down. No one's sitting here saying you can guarantee or create 15 mm-hmm. opportunities or score or assist, but he'll definitely be giving it 110% and, you know, trying to get to every ball. But... I can't say I'm confident that he'll he'll start, to be honest. Well,
1: the thing that will help him if he does start or might make the mind up is that Luca Dean is back. It's not you know, last week if he'd started it would have been him and Conku on that side. Someone making the debut and someone who's had a handful of Premier League games. So maybe Baz, with Dean being back this week, the manager might feel a little bit more confident to play Anthony
2: Gordon in front of him. Yeah, the experience, the the link up work down that left hand side. And I think they'd cause United an issue. United obviously have Wan-Bissaka at right-back, who's very good, man v man He's not great going forward. He does get forward. Mm. But I think Gordon could cause him an issue. Whereas you look at Wobey and you go, well, he come on, he did all right last week, but is he going to cause them problems? He drifts out of games. We tried him at Southampton. Bernard, is he going to cause them a problem? So I don't know, maybe it is right for Gordon this weekend and maybe starting him and letting them get into the game that way might actually be a better option than expecting them mm. to come off the bench in Turner, yeah. Are you confident, Cam?
3: Um, oh, I, I am I am confident because I've seen Manchester United play this season and I, and I know that they can be get at. Obviously... We've got Hammers back in. Well, hopefully we'll have Hammers back in. We've got Luca Dean back in. I agree with your point, by the way, about the left hand side. I, I did say last week that one of my worries is that he might look at Dan and think, "Well, I don't really want to play in Concu and Gordon in the same team because it's very inexperienced." and no matter how much energy and and agency they may have, you know, Newcastle have looked at them and gone, "That's an inexperienced, um, you know, left hand side." So maybe with Dean back in there, he might throw him in there. But you know, I I am confident. But we have to take our chances. We can't let three. Or- if we've lost 2-1 at the end of the game going, oh, we should have took them chances again we, we, we do that far too many times over the years as I have three or four, you know, opportunities when it's nil-nil and, and don't take them the first goal is, is vital in this game and, and again, United are on a side that we should be massively feared. And put it this way, if we'd have Newcastle we'd all be going into this game saying so we can win this game comfortably and I know yeah. we're still without Richarlison who is a massive miss as we seen against Southampton but, you know, this isn't a team we should be massively feared, and we should be, you know, we should be thinking we can go out there and get a result yeah, then if we've got our players back as most of them, then maybe four of them,
1: three or four of them. Then you'd expect a much better all-round performance, wouldn't you, going
2: forward? More, at, more attack and threats, which is key. Yeah. If you feel like you can score a goal in a game, you're always in it, and that's what we had. Didn't yeah. we even had it in the derby when we went behind. You thought yeah. we'll get something, we'll create something. So, and who knows? The manager might even make a change at centre back if Ben Goffley. Yeah. Fit. I'm so, just yeah. thinking about if we can make chances for Dom, Dom will take the chances. And
1: mm-hmm. that, to me, is yep. a big thing. Um, so we'll find out. We really could do with a win just before that international break. Get us all back in the right spirit uh, before that. Um, and, you know, keep keep ourselves ticking over at the, top, of the uh, top echelons of the table. Anyway, big thanks to Cam from the Mighty Blues for joining us on the show. Big thanks to Steve, that you will have noticed has gone very quiet because his internet went. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what happens when you live. He's here the the as <laughs> Do
3: you
1: have to share the internet over there? And apparently, someone in Oxton was using uh, Dial Up and. It took Steve's. It took Steve's. So, it's, <laughs> that's just the way it is. That's just life. Uh, big thanks to Cam. Big thanks to Steve for joining us. Ah. We'll be back next week. If you want to see the video version of this show, it is on Patreon. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you later.